Hello and welcome to Art and Labor. Um, we are the podcast dedicated to the ongoing struggle to survive as art and or cultural workers or just like fucking whatever. We're just trying to make it. <laughs> We're just it's trying to make it out there. This is a podcast for hustlers and uh, uh, big, big deals. <laughs> Movers and shakers. Grinders. <laughs> Influencers. <laughs> And the influenced. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Ooh, I think I got the wrong invite. Sorry. I, I <laughs> um, yes. So on the mic, we have a special guest with us. Um, we're joined by Vinny. I know last time you didn't want to give your last name, but uh, it's Vinny. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. Um, Vinny's great. Vinny is um, like a game maker in brazil where lucia also is hey what's up uh I, i'm not american anymore you can't find me it's an international podcast right now thanks for poisoning bolsonaro while you were down there Global. dude yeah thanks oh yeah anytime he it's, was it's- actually at the cd we are in he was cursed with hiccups like a witch <laughs> yeah a witch a witch cursed him <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna take credit for it but i'm definitely <laughs> doing some little spell work <laughs> imagine having hiccups for like 10 days too like that from your shit piling up into your gut and, <laughs> and being a world leader stab and- wound that maybe you oh, gave yeah. yourself <laughs> a world leader having the most ridiculous affliction and being completely powerless over it and then making international breaking news. Imagine a, a stomach full of shit oh. in between ostrich bruises and stab wounds. <laughs> you don't have to imagine it because there's tons of pictures of him just lying in the hospital. Oh, my God. He also looks really smug. Like, like lying in the bed, it looks like he knows he's not going to die, which kind of annoys me. Uh, yeah, he knows. Well, yeah, he... Yeah. He did a whole post about like all fall workers' party as he always does. So it was a political move as always. Right. Make a lemon out of the X in it. Something <laughs> like that. Um yeah, he's he's a nightmare. Um, I wonder if he slept with the hiccups. Do we have any intel? I, I wonder how, so it went for ten days. So do you think he like, yeah, he didn't sleep and he went like extra insane? <laughs> or, or like yeah and we're what maybe there was like i mean this is probably not interesting to anyone but like the interval i guess it would depend on the interval of the hiccups i don't know he's anyway. yeah i mean he's nuts like you like i don't know i actually did uh like he's he posted a video someone made of him like shrunk down <laughs> And he just wrote like cool video. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I got to log on to like uh health issues Reddit subreddit <laughs> hiccups. Yeah. So I guess um that's all for political news in Brazil. More importantly, <laughs> what what have you been eating and what type of uh nature have you been seeing? Oh wow. Um We've been eating so much good food. Uh, the burgers here are like 
uh, three times the size of other burgers. They have superior burgers of all stripes and colors. Um, what are the toppings like? Are they are they what we would be familiar with? Uh, no, we had a burger today that was like, um, well, there's bacon, but then there was like this sauce and it had like corn and like tomatoes and stuff in it and it so it was like and it was like a salad on a burger and we ate it in the park and then I fell asleep oh that's so nice <laughs> they also they have like half liters of watermelon juice that we had and it's uh it's eight Brazilian dollars uh and then but uh which like their five dollars is one of our dollars Okay, I can't yeah. do the math, but it's so like that's a dollar like, twenty, like one fifty, yeah, one fifty. Okay, yeah, uh, that's is fruit better. I've noticed going south that fruit is better. Oh yeah, yeah, it's crazy. All everything is, uh, all the produce is like bigger. Also, Ooh. it's like yeah, as we we were making stir fries and stuff, and all the vegetables are bigger. And are they like uglier like they say like, you know, like they're like oh americans only buy like the shiny perfect fruits and vegetables they're definitely diff like like if you get a bell pepper here it's it's like three times bigger but then it's also like like a red pepper is also has green in it so it's like you, you know in american markets no one would buy it because it is like whoa that's a mutant pepper Okay, I do, I do buy those. I do buy those sometimes. It's the same. And they lie to us. Yeah. And then I still don't know if limes and lemons are the same thing, are the same fruit, just at different times. I was reading about this and like the lemon and lime and citron and like every citrus has the same root, like ancestor, but they're all like unique plants in their own right. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, they have different flowers too. Actually, um, a friend of mine is growing a bunch of different citrus plants in her window, and um, we watched the flowers and everything. They're, Aww. Yeah, they're lovely. That's wonderful. Yeah, uh, yeah. She was learning about like there. There used to be um, these uh, greenhouses called citrariums, and it was like uh, one of the places that you could go to. You know. I guess back in the 1800s, you didn't have a way to have vitamin C without citrariums. So they were super important technology to get down early on in our uh, civilization. Yeah, for scurvy and long boat rides reasons. And winters. And winters, of course, yeah. Yeah, so it's like weatherproofing a place where you could grow different citruses. Scurvy used to be such a bigger problem. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. I just want to say that, like, we do have crazy toppings, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go back to the toppings. What yeah. You can get beef stroganoff burger? Whoa. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you forget that? Because we haven't had them yet. What about the... Have, <laughs> what's the animal them. situation? Have you pet any cool animals or <gasps> seen them or respected them from afar? There's a parrot in the backyard, but... Also, there's tons of street dogs, but the street dogs are amazing. They're beautiful. They look like, like one of them looks like 
looked like a border collie husky mix with like blue eyes and it was just running around majestically and i was like whoa that dog's like a designer dog what's it doing it's just there in the park like sir you are gorgeous sir you would (laughs) you would sell for four thousand dollars in chelsea you could go to park i was like this is a manhattan dog and it's just running around here free it's just beautiful and and they don't even know how beautiful they are. <laughs> no, they only want pure breed ones here. Like it's about the Shih Tzus, the pugs. Really? Yeah, they will buy expensive uh, pu- uh, puppies, but they won't get a stray dog. Because there are so many. I was wondering about that because there are so many stray dogs. I know in like Eastern Europe, I've heard of packs of dogs, you know, running around. But I don't know. It's just domestication is weird. <laughs> yeah. Here you yeah. know that they're domesticated because everybody's dogs have little jackets. Like the, <laughs> like the jacket ratio, jacket to dogs, way higher. Okay. Yeah. Little shoes? Not so many little shoes, but tons of like... Um, it's like they have skirts too if it's like a girl dog like it's a coat with a little skirt on it (laughs) i understand i understand yeah i guess that's the one good thing glenn greenwald i mean no he did some good things he just went insane but he made a dog sanctuary in brazil oh he did yeah oh yeah are you hanging out with 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 glenn our buddy (laughs) oh oh no (laughs) friend of the pod god (laughs) God, it was so awful seeing Glenn being like an ally of the left here for a while. Oh. And no oh, one knew yeah. about the US stuff. I mean, it's like it was helpful for us in the US, I will say, because like nobody else was doing it. <laughs> like literally. Um, so it was nice to get like a read on it, and then like he would like retweet Brazilian sources in English that were helpful, but like I, so I definitely utilized him that way, um, it, uh, you know. But it's like he's just gotten worse every every month, basically. Yep. I haven't tapped in. I haven't read up because I'm not. I'm trying not to look at people who stress me out or anger me. So I yeah, I know. It's, so I haven't been checking the people's feeds who would usually retweet him. Yeah, it's it's all the same little cohort of like, you know, you know, we'll do we'll pretend we're lumpen proletariat and like tail like do tailism for like the most like reactionary sections of the working class or what they think is the working class but it's actually like the petite bourgeoisie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if what if Tucker Carlson was socialist guy? Exactly. So yeah, he's like go- yeah, he's like going on Tucker regularly and like oh. just sort of like doing all the things you have to do to continue to get that invitation, I feel like. Dude, we need that kind of voice, though. You know, someone who just makes the left look like a joke on conservative news. <laughs> what would we do if we had credibility? Yeah. You know, Janine Garofalo and Air America really stopped the Iraq war. It really worked. And we can just keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, the the they st- we stopped. Well, boom, boomers stopped the Vietnam War successfully. <laughs> Great job. Uh, they prevented the first Iraq wars, and then 
we've got we went out we got i i don't know where i'm going with it no um, it, it uh, was like the gen xers you're getting there the that's gen, it yeah the gen, gen x, x comedians thanks, gen x. Yeah. really tried their luck on the you know the conservative news programs trying like they were the only like anti iraq war voices allowed on mainstream news and it was yeah they had to just make it seem like a joke and and then the daily show mocked occupy wall street because uh, <laughs> they stayed with their roots and all all the while all these people being transphobic oh god yeah <laughs> i mean i i guess to like tie that kind of sentiment to here there's like there's so much when we're walking around like everywhere on the streets there's graffiti that is just like anti-bolsonaro and like anti-nazi and it just sort of is like a part of the landscape and there's lots of um like anarchist tags and stuff and it just is like well it's cool it's like somebody else feels the same way they're you know waiting in the wings type of thing I mean, yeah. Every few days in my neighborhood, I have to peel off an Infowars sticker. <laughs> oh God! It's I know it's one person. Well, and I just keep, dedicated. I just keep on having to. We're in a cat, a real cat and mouse. So I've had to do that in my neighborhood too, but less often than you'd think, given the Nazi history of my neighborhood. But. There is a really funny graffiti tag that I see on my like on the way home like every day and it and like one side of the street says NSA and the other side says CIA. <laughs> oh hell yeah. It's a nice what? apolitical <laughs> to go either way. Yeah, I'm like fine if we could agree on this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean that you know it's like it's like yeah the problem is it's like yeah you're super pro cop so you're super pro like nypd can do this but it was the love my local love <laughs> <Yeah>. my local <laughs> i love my, not... my local surveillance team yes. but <laughs> i just love that there is surveillance maybe <laughs> or maybe i just know that there that it exists because it's not clear if it's pro or against the cia or the nsa it's just like these things are two things. Yeah, well, it's just the branding exercise. I, yeah, I feel like, which kind of gets into another topic I wanted to bring up, which is the Frito Lay strike. Yeah, it's just the, the big news I, right now. I had a oh, nightmare damn. that I, I had a nightmare that I accidentally bought Frito Lay chips. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, so what I was gonna, I was like looking through all of the PepsiCo stuff. Um, and I was kind of proud of myself because the only thing I really will buy, like, and not even that often, is Gatorade. I will buy a Gatorade if I'm dehydrated. Yeah. But uh, the thing is, like, PepsiCo owns so much shit that, like, it's just, like, impossible to trace back to PepsiCo. So. Yeah, it's so, yeah. And also, like, Unilever is also one of those companies where it's, like, every single like body products like everything in cvs is like the same bullshit yeah they're even running our extinction rebellion <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh my god radiohead approved <laughs> this, this is the voice of oz <laughs> um yeah it, it it's nuts like you know the frito-lay workers in um was it Missouri or Kansas? They 
Um, we're talking about 12 hour days, seven days a week, months without a day off, like conditions. Just to make like, those chips. Just to make Doritos. It's so bleak. <laughs> it's exceedingly bleak. And uh, it, what, yeah. Do you know what they're asking for? It looked um, like they're targeting in the strike. I haven't read up as much as I should have. I know. I should have read more too. But I just think that they want a contract. They want better conditions. Mm-hmm. They deserve, you know, they, they deserve a union. They deserve to, no, not I gotta, have to work that much. I got a question about the structure of the chip factory empire. Like, is that a central hub for them to make all of the products? Or like... Is that just, is it sort of like the Amazon thing where it's like one wish fulfillment processing plant or something? What if it was like Willy Wonka, but with like shards of corn that were like dusted? That's because that's all they're doing, right? Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, they have a whole garden where they get the flavor dust from and it's like, and people have to live there and like tend to the flavor garden and they're tired of it. God. That does make me think that the Dia Beacon used to be a Frito-Lay factory. Oh. And it makes you wonder if they just went and, you know, went from the more unionized New York to a less unionized Missouri or Kansas, you know. I mean, also, Popcorn Lung was because of the popcorn workers, I believe. The popcorn microwave popcorn workers. Oh, God. Oh, shit. That's some chemical crazy shit, right? I don't know. Yeah. And... Port Chester yeah. had a lifesavers factory, but I, I don't I don't know any fun facts about that except when it left, the the town didn't do so well. Yeah, right. But working in factories is perilous. I just keep thinking about like the matchmakers who would end up getting like glow in the dark because oh, of the phosphorus or whatever. They were they their jaw they the, the radium radium girls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they Yeah, that's 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 bad. Yeah. It's, I don't think it was good for us as a I don't <laughs> unpopular yeah. opinion. We should have never industrialized. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Um <laughs> Can we just put that toothpaste back in the tube? Yeah. You uh, know there's <laughs> there's that blind item. I retweet it every time it comes upon my feed, which is usually uh, Sarah Haggy tweeting it. Uh, it's a it's a blind item about two uh, two people that have struck up a, a, a friendship, and it, and it's Greta Thunberg and Ted Kaczynski, and it's like <laughs> she she agrees with his ideology and has been writing these long letters, um, despite their huge age difference. They're friendly. Um, and then I was thinking about it. And I was like, she definitely is like, ha- she has to be like, it's so- some somewhat anti-civ. For sure. Cause she's like, they give her no other options yeah. uh, in her, uh, you know, very like, you know, scripted type or like, not, you know, not on, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, they're very like media friendly, like activist bullshit yeah. that isn't isn't really anything so it's like you know <laughs> oh god she but, can't be part of like a an international movement that it could, that would get too political no <laughs> but i have seen like the wildly 
uh, climate crisis headlines that like could have been they that could have existed for like 10 years you know like reporting on these awful things that are happening and tied to the climate crisis but only now people are like comfortable or people only now like the new york times is comfortable being like oh yeah this is climate <laughs> yeah like when um <laughs> the town that used to have a documenta for like uh i don't know since since like I don't know, the first documenta in Dusseldorf, Germany was like right after World War II. Some, like, and then, you know, up to now, it's we've just been having this international art festival there. And that was one of the towns that got uh, destroyed oh. in the floods that happened. Yeah. And now they're like, yeah, I guess it's pretty, maybe things are different than they were before. <laughs> hmm. Has anyone heard about this? <laughs> Does anyone know why? Like, like the Paradise California thing is another of just like a town completely disappearing. Oh yeah, from the wildfire. Uh, but the, yeah, the New York Times just did a push notification tonight. Uh, sunscreen on grapes, disinfected toilet water used for irrigation. Napa Valley winemakers are taking extreme steps in the face of climate change. Wow, like, like, uh, uh, that's. <laughs> Dude, the if if the Napa sunscreen on the grapes um, <laughs> tastes like tropical flavor, I'm I'm in. It's gonna taste like coconut Lacroix. Fuck. <laughs> New York, yeah, of course. New York Times really has its fucking priorities straight. Like that's a push notification. Mm-hmm. It's guys, the winemakers. <laughs> Look, like, rich people don't care about climate change unless it's affecting their wine, so, like. <laughs> Will the white wine be okay? Oh, my God. Yeah, that, what a fucking nightmare, huh? Oh, man. The rocks. <laughs> oh, hey, but going back to Ted Kaczynski. Oh, yeah. um, Always. Yeah. Back. So, um, free, free my mans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, free Ted K. Um... <laughs> They okay, so friend of the pod, Nick, uh, is working on a course, uh, with California Ideology. Um, oh, right, I heard about it. And that. uh, so we're gonna, we're gonna do some studies of, of Ted Kaczynski. Um, and uh, this is just a little teaser. So, um, you know, be on the lookout. We're going to, we're going to bust out a new course soon for Mm -hmm. constructing the real. Um, but also there's one other little, um, school announcement. Um, there is, uh, this collective in London called anti-university and their website is anti-university.org. Uh, but they just in, they invited constructing the real to be a part of a, uh, like DIY school festival. Oh, so, great. Yeah, it's cute. And it's going to be in September. So I'll have more info later. But I love that. Yeah, it's cute. It's, a little... yeah. it's um, like an academic conference, but for freaks. Yeah. Yeah. One of <laughs> a the... narco conference. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's an anarcho conference. And there's also, there's also witchcraft. <laughs> I mean, That's, that uh, goes without saying with I, uh, circles. I hope I'm excited for that Ted K 
thing. I have this book. I sometimes flip through. I don't know if I've mentioned it, but it's written by old Ted's Ted's neighbor in Montana. And because he lived there, you know, like decades, maybe like two or three decades before he got caught. And the intro is like, yeah, I mean, he was really weird, but we were like cordial. I obviously feel very strange writing this book, but I feel like I owe it to the people. And there's some great passages about how terrible his cabin was built and how he didn't care about like doing things correctly or safely and how he made a root cellar and it was so bad and he didn't know how to break it to Ted. He was like, I didn't know what to say because it was just so poorly built. <laughs> well, still free my mans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to even still. <laughs> well, yeah. If These that's colors the only don't problem. Like, you know, <laughs> It sucked that he couldn't build cellars the right he, way. He actually wasn't a very good engineer. I mean, I'm whatever. He could <laughs> yeah, he yeah, he uh I think his imaginary his imaginary stuff was what people cared about, like the like, oh, right. you know, math and they're like, what if? And it's like, well, I don't know why these math. <laughs> well, he he fascinates me like the YouTube shooter Nasim Agdam also yeah. fascinates me where it's like I like you know, maybe like maybe if you guys like worked on this a bit, plan this out a bit better. <laughs> I don't know. Free Laura Loomer <laughs> can't even chain herself to the Twitter building correctly. God damn it! Um, yeah, not not you know, not to say that I condone any violence um god that is not yeah no saying, we but... were staunchly uh <laughs> staunchly not a, not not a threat to the u.s government in any way right hypotheticals only or brazil or brazilian government really yeah. no government we love all the government we Italy, love it all. you're on notice they're all doing great <laughs> they're all they're all doing their best oh i, I looked up the specifics about the Frito-Lay strike. It is Topeka, Kansas. And last week, workers voted down the latest contract offer from the company, which included a 2% wage increase this year and a 60-hour-a-week cap on the amount of hours a worker can be forced to work. <laughs> it's, it's like, that's the legal. <laughs> that's already the legal. Okay, and so then they said the wages aren't enough and the overtime cap would have meant more... Um, senior workers being forced to work on the weekend. So that's not a, they rejected the contract offer and it's not good enough. It, and it's, it sounds it's not, not good enough. It is not good enough. <laughs> Cause a, a 60 hour a week cap, like that's all that's like terrible. in New York, that's already the, like the legal cap. They're, <laughs> they're just chips like Frito, like Frito needs to like calm down. I feel like, like there's nothing like this isn't, Chips aren't worth it. Well, that's like all the chips that are here, though, too. So that's why I was wondering, like, are there a lot of other places where they're manufactured? Or is it like... Yeah. uh, Well, oh, yeah. Going back to my thought Mm -hmm. on that, that there used to be one in Beacon. It it reminds me of how, like, cola bottling used to work, where they used to have to, like... There were several different states producing cola, and they had... And people, like, collect the different ones from the different plants, um, so I feel like what probably happened was now none of it is made here and it's all been outsourced, <laughs> you know, to places with zero labor protections. Um, 
So I assume it's a similar thing where well, I, I'm sure like Frito-Lay prefers to have a factory in the United States for convenience reasons. But if, you know, if it's no longer worth it to them, they'll just pack up and leave or whatever. That's yeah, what I assume. They're just a nomadic chip making <laughs> clan of to, to just trying to make them the cheapest for for everybody. They're, it's really out of thoughtfulness that they're doing this for us all. I mean, I, 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 you know, as you know, I do do the thing where I buy the different lays made in different countries and try them. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you try to make a cool ranch Dorito. <laughs> <laughs> I had a really good Dorito that was kosher and produced like for like, um, it, like the this particular like Uzbeki neighborhood in Forest Hills had them. And they were really good. <laughs> I've been making popcorn and putting – I used to do this a lot, and then I stopped ordering it, salt and vinegar powder. Uh, and I forgot ooh. that it, it really burns your tongue. Yeah. And you're in pain the rest of the day. <laughs> so I really respect the workers at the Frito-Lay company because uh, I understand how difficult these, these things can be. <laughs> It's true. I mean, yeah, if we could have an an ethical snack company, it would just like be better for everybody. It would it would taste better and everybody would like it would feel better to eat it cuz like right now yeah. it's like yeah, all this shit. We shouldn't be any any of this PepsiCo shit. Like any at all time Nestle shit. We shouldn't be buying <sighs> any of that ever. Like Nestle who's like <laughs> ruined so much water for the world. Insane. Insane. Like Coca-Cola who has murdered union like uh yeah union busting by murdering. <sighs> yeah, I mean the Nestle bottling what bottled water plants will like literally take over like municipal water supplies and shit and like towns will just let them in exchange for like crumbs, like in exchange for like Pepsi or like Nestle built a of a ball stadium and therefore we let them take all of our water. <laughs> Oh, it's like it's so it's so bleak and i did see that like inhabit is a, a oh yeah for some yeah. reason i feel like i'm not saying it correctly even You're though pro- i, I don't, don't think i don't think there's another way to say it i don't think so either Nep, but i only read like i don't talk to anyone just read so i don't know what anything <laughs> so they have this path b you know path a is like oh yeah black pill and path b is like the new world starts but their their latest uh campaign appears to be uh, you know, Jeff Bezos is like setting himself into space. Yeah. Uh, and they are trying to get everyone to get a bunch of uh, fireworks and set them off so Jeff Bezos can't come back to Earth. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's change.org. <laughs> like, just like cloud the skies. <laughs> Like it's great. Force a crash. July twentieth. Shoot your leftover fireworks at Jeff Bezos' rocket. Okay, so but he can't did, return to wait. Earth. Did we talk about this? I forget. Maybe me and Sarah talked about oh, this. Damn. That he is bringing on this like lady who was like, like he basically has a hostage with him. So he. Oh, but oh. she's so stoked though. Yeah, she's yeah. The lady. No, no, is, she's stoked. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, and it's like every interview. I forget what her name is. I'm terrible, but she every interview of her is like, 
I can't believe it's finally happening. Oh my God, I've always wanted this. Like, to yeah. go to space with Jeff Bezos? You, like, that, okay. I've always wanted to be in a really small space with the most insufferable evil man far away from absolutely everyone. Okay, something else yes. that's been really bothering me about these, like, you know, the Branson and, and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, like, like, these trips to space or whatever. We've had, like, shit available already where like people could buy yeah like, you could do like bass you could do like the zero g thing <laughs> and it's like i guess it's like they're going farther but it's like is it like i don't know is it really that much farther i, don't, like, I guess it's like something but... it's also just deeply uninteresting to me like why don't <laughs> i just hate space exploration i'm yeah. like what do we need what's over there it's not if we need to know about it, it'll make itself known. Yeah, it's like the weird like runoff of the billionaires, and and it's just so telling that it's like this is what they're yeah they just want pouring, to go to space, pouring everything into instead of you know. Dare. I don't know. I mean, I can get behind like the idealist vision of space being this potential where, like, with some sort of you know Star Trek diplomacy we can travel to different galaxies and you know have the have things work out this time okay <laughs> of so course it's not gonna try happen, it. let's but... try again well the best yeah. everyone I, just be real cool i've said this on the <laughs> podcast before but the best like space propaganda movie right now is uh the wandering earth which is like um the super pro china one that like (laughs) (laughs) like china um uh like there is like a a nuclear winter and um people are forced underground and then um uh the earth like has these like boosters to like move it to a different galaxy or whatever um and uh it's like i don't know it's 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 an interesting movie because it depicts like the like global climate catastrophes just like happening like and then like you're in like the post flooded earth and everyone lives underground so it's like yeah there's basically (laughs) the movie is like well fuck the earth it's just a rock that we can pilot and (laughs) like we didn't we didn't make it we didn't save any of the cities but they look cool we did but we made all these bunkers and uh booster rockets on the earth we were in reality if we if we did that they would just be like uber branded oh my god yeah and the thing is is actually like too nice to other countries because like the engineering that china is capable of versus the engineering that like basically any other country is capable of is like insane like there's no way that the United States can build a fucking booster, uh, like you know, like no, not- but that's why they would they would build the they would build the <laughs> boosters on their part of the globe and be the be the engines. But in the in the in the canon of the movie, it's like the United Nations, and there's like boosters throughout the globe in like the different countries, and there's bunkers for like all the different countries or whatever, <laughs> like all the different regions of the Earth. 
And, like there's like gonna be some UN cooperation. Like that's like the big thing in movies now. I think is like, oh, the UN will save us. Like because the UN <laughs> is always on the ball whenever anything happens, whenever anyone needs them. Oh, I saw an IDF shirt on the street today. Oh, interesting. Oh, <laughs> so weird. IDF shirt. I didn't like it. I I pulled up the woman's name just so we know. Um, her name is Wally Funk, which is an awesome name. Ooh. And she was among the Mercury 13 women trained to be astronauts in the 60s. After decades of waiting, she's set to become the oldest person to launch into space. So she's she the hostage going with Jeff Bezos. Just launch into space implies to me there's no return. I mean, I think that's kind of part of her thought is that she's like, I'm old and I'm, I've always wanted to do this anyway. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That'll be great, though, like, if, well, I don't know. I mean, not horrible. I'm sorry, that'll be horrible. If anything <laughs> happens to her, that would be horrible. But also, it would ruin Bezos just for a minute if something happened to her in space when they're together. Like, she gets... Really the trolley problem. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That's, like, knowing, like, the way these ghouls work is that's exactly how it would happen is, like... Like, yeah, she would somehow die and he's, like, totally unscathed or whatever. He would have to live with the pain. Well, no, the bad the bad press. Oh, my God, it'd be a field day if it's, like, Jeff Bezos, that rich piece of shit, took this poor old lady who whose only dream was to go to space and he killed her and he's basically <laughs> a murderer now. And everybody can now direct your garbage to him and put him in jail if possible except the washington post which would run oh, yeah. jeff bezos grants dying woman's last wish <laughs> yeah. and, and like and, and they would run like she was she had a heart condition anyway not his fault <laughs> the bezos a wish foundation yeah <laughs> exactly what it is i mean he also stepped down from amazon so i think he like is kind of toxic to the amazon brand at this point enough that he's just like i'm stepping down from my official role in it <laughs> yeah they like, probably want it to go back to like when no one knew who the ceo was yeah because there was like yeah i mean it was exciting on the early early internet to have a place to buy books on the internet yeah it's it was nice yeah. at one point yeah, I mean, like, accessibility with stuff is, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, unbelievable. When you need something and no, nothing, no one around you has it, it, it sucks. Wait, Vinny was telling me about this thing today of, like, they're trying to go from one-click shopping to zero-click shopping. How does that even work? You oh, I, I don't know if it, they're trying, but it was, was one of Bezos' ideas because I work in tech, and so I have lots of coworkers that read all the business books and one of them is like reading the Bezos memoir or maybe like the story of how Amazon came to be, something like that. And just before uh, Lucia came here, like uh, he was telling me about how, you know, Amazon started growing a lot when we had the one-click buying because basically we could guilt people into doing the one, uh, the impulse buys and stuff. But uh, the next idea or, or like the other idea they had would be to have zero click buying, which would be just 
they would send shit to your house and then you would look at it and decide if you wanted to keep it or not. No. Oh, no. And then if you didn't, you would just leave it in the box and they would come and pick it up, which is kind of like a more extreme version of the store, which Lucia went actually before coming here. Oh, yeah. I, I checked it out. Like um, they, there's an Amazon store in uh, the Newark airport where it's like, this it's like a, it looks like a really really fancy bodega but then it's gated and you put your card into the gate and like and and then the little entry like allows you in and you just pick whatever you want to get and you walk out and it somehow knows like everything that you have yeah i've heard about this there's one in manhattan um Oh, yeah. I've walked by it and it's mm. always closed. And I don't know if I would go in if it wasn't. But I've been to Amazon bookstores and those are like soulless and gross. Oh, yeah. They're really weird. Yeah. They're they're like um, a Barnes & Noble, but worse somehow. Yeah. It's like an airport bookstore. Yeah. It's like a Hudson News, Barnes and & Noble, and, it's, and the worst aspects of both of them. Yeah. Oh. And then there's just random like gift shop stuff, like oh, coasters. Awful. Dude. Um. Yeah, and and they're they're uh, replacing the real Amazon. So, um, well, they'll be our our children will not remember the Amazon as a forest. They will only know it as the big shipping company that does everything for us. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Yay! But I don't know. The Teamsters are serious now about getting involved. I mean, they they're finally seeing the writing on the wall. It's like you know. Hmm where you guys been type of thing, but oh, um, God. yeah, the, before they're turned into flex workers. Exactly. Yeah. The, the lawsuits against the union stuff seem really, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how likely they would succeed. They seem like they're based on a lot of real proven evidence of Amazon's evil actions. Yeah, I I always like, you know, with with legal stuff, it's like it could help for a little while, but it's just a band-aid yeah. or they'll just move states or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, it just sucks. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty wild to see like how the trap doors keep opening up as like, you know, we think, "Oh, well, we need this awareness, but we also need this legislation. And then we need, you know, like public pressure and we got to keep all these things going. And then it's like, no, corruption just still builds out on itself. And if these people maintain power, like, I mean, they keep, they, if you have power, you can maintain it so much more easily than like, trying to have any sort of handoff or like trying to disperse power or like reorganize it, redistribute the means. <laughs> yeah. There's really nothing that's going to incentivize them to do that. Not even a lawsuit, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it's like they will just keep going for the profit motive. I mean, this it's old news now too, but the Greenpeace tricking that corporate lobbyist into confessing all his legal nefarious oh god yeah ways oh not to mention the the fucking ongoing chevron lawsuit which is like insane like the way that they're the ruling class is able to use lawsuits are insane oh my god oh (laughs) however the the enbridge pipeline stuff that is really hopeful if you need like a boost of like positivity 
Oh yeah, um, talk talk more about that because I I saw a little, but I haven't read anything. I haven't read a lot in the past few days, but mm-hmm. over the past few weeks, I've been reading about the Enbridge pipeline and stuff like that. And uh, uh, Leduc, who ran with Nader, you know, a while ago, is also in- involved in it. Uh, Nader's VP, um, you know, in two thousand. Uh, God bless. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. I just made the sign of the cross. Uh, <laughs> bless them. Um, yeah, so just the way Democracy Now! I gotta say, because every episode I gotta bring up Democracy Now! Which, by the way, has gone... It's no longer the quarantine report. It's back to the War and Peace report. But they had a really good interview with um, some, some of the organizers involved. And they're talking about how, you know, like 20-year-olds are uh, doing some like true like throw your body on the gears and the levers like crawling into pipes in freezing weather to like Whoa. stop the building of them oh yep yeah so that's like pretty hopeful and there are, i think i believe there are a few pipeline stuff stuff happening simultaneously and so there are different uh you know actions against them but oh and then this the the comparison that was made was like, um, was it the Dakota Access Pipeline in 2016? What was no. the name of that pipeline? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. With so, the water protectors and all of the yeah Obama uh, failing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, yeah. People forget Obama was still in office then. Yeah, and yeah. shooting water cannons. I just forget yeah. the, the, the there there are a lot of pipelines, and I forget the I get the names confused. Um, but just that there were, I think, I don't, I'm going to forget the numbers, but basically the percentage of numbers of people that got arrested for that one and the one that's happening or the one that was interviewed uh, for that one is like everyone, it's, you know, it's something like 75% of people there have been arrested or like it's been like 800 people uh, out of like a thousand or 2000, you know, water protectors and, uh, and the Dakota access was like, 800 for like 7,000, 8,000 people that were there. So just like a lot more action going on. Um, I was moved. That's wild, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that that is cool that that like type of movement has like sprung up and, you know, it's all credit to like the different indigenous communities yeah. of the United States. Like, you know, they always know what's up and like yeah. it's always hey, where things are. Do you, do you all know um, about like that uh, Verso book, How to Blow Up a Pipeline? Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I don't. Oh, Yeah. I, I keep wondering, I, I haven't read it yet. It's just, I, I keep hearing people talk about it. That seems like something Darcy would be really into. It does. It does. Yeah. It reminds me of like, a, I remember, maybe it was just an aughts thing that no one brings up anymore, but the the Monkey Wrench Gang with like Hey Duke, it was like a anti-civ, not that I'm anti-civ, <laughs> but, uh, uh, or uh, I'm not a fascist, anti- but so there's like the, it's basically, you know, the guy that they sneak into stuff and do some, you know, earth earth liberation front shit and put sugar in the gears and stuff like that. And, right. Nice. And I oh. forgot about that book until recently. I wonder why. <laughs> well, but you but you know about like the the kind of strategy though, like you know, right? It's just it's oh okay, so we're a you know a small 
group of actors and we're going to like perform some sort of um, like localized attack on this giant structure and yeah. like, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder what's your, what's your take on those strategies? Like what, what do you think like the limits are or like the positive aspects of it or I feel like I was hinting at a little bit when talking about like, yeah, the YouTube shooter or, or Ted oh, Kaczynski. Yeah. If, or like, yeah, I mean, we've talked on, about the weather underground or like these sorts of actions, the, the Black Panthers. I mean, like there is like stuff that was effective and didn't have casualties or didn't have much casualties. Or yeah, or like our Ireland episode talked about this too. And it's like, you know, God bless is all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like there was like a big turn though with when they were blowing up like Hummers and SUVs and like the green scare when suddenly they changed the definition of like terrorism mm-hmm. and violence to property damage. And that was kind of that kind of really. I mean, that was part that. of the that was part of the like 9-11 inside job yeah. was to, you know, completely crack down on airport security, which was, you know, a lot, you know, hijackings, like all of these like, you know, big media grabbing tactics um, are, yeah, are yeah. way more the risky. Propaganda yeah. of the deed. Um, but like, yeah, and like a lot. Of, oh, yeah. And there was that there's that uh, destruction of, a, I think, a science lab that was done by, I think, like Dorothy Day's granddaughter or something, who's like, you know, a grown adult now. But they I forget what they were called, but there were seven of them great episode of me half remembering things (laughs) (laughs) well i mean it's all right to have from i I don't know i think it's just like a a feeling though of all of these stories that we've come across right because it's like uh you know all of these brave people have individually decided to do these little atomized acts and they're so crazy and wild and cool and wow they were so brave and also they were completely um like neutralized after the fact and after the person is like taken out then their narrative also becomes like this crazy terrorist did a thing how nutty and then everyone goes like well i'm not a terrorist or like i'm not bad and it's never like oh cool i um blew up a pipeline because i really care about the environment and then things changed it's always like well fuck that crazy person they probably had mental issues or like someone says like oh well they were an incel or like you know which is what they were shitty (laughs) Which is why Reality Winner is like smiling in all the pictures of her, like in handcuffs, which is a lot, which is great. And also in like Chelsea Manning interviews where she talks about how, you know, you see what like these like little whistleblower things, they build up and they're in and how uh, it totally changes everything if you see someone doing it. Similarly, there's a great documentary on Canopy 1971 about the COINTELPRO. Uh, burglary which was done by like you know like 20 year olds and they never got caught nice uh which i didn't realize that they never got caught and i I don't think it could happen at all today because of reasons but they really just you know picked a lock 
moved a filing cabinet, grabbed random stuff, and they couldn't figure out who it was. Dude, that fucking rocks. Yeah, they've still, like, unbelievable. Yeah. That's, oh, th- and the, that's and the lock the was really hard. It was like a cylinder lock or something. Very difficult. Yeah, but cool. I think it's like, yeah, the, the the liberal media can can immediately, like, cover up, like, any of these things from being, like, sympathetic. And it's like, yeah. I, like, reality winner is obviously, like, more, like, that supports a lot of, like, Russiagate shit that, that the liberals love. So, of I course, know. they're going to treat her better. And, like, it's... And, and give her positive, more positive press. And, and part of something, I mean, to bring Cuba into it a little bit, like the, um, the rhetoric around Cuba, like to me, it's not all encompassing at all. Like, I feel like it would be in different eras. Like, you know, like everybody is really like, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's hard to say, but like, I don't think people necessarily buy it the the same way they used to like completely accept the line i think like as as much as they try to make people into interventionists people still don't want to be interventionists like it's like not it yeah it hasn't they haven't found a way to like re-solidify like the urge for like you know people to continue to want like you know they don't have great recruitment numbers in the army like they they don't have like a booming like we don't have like a booming national pride like they really want us to have you know after after 20 years of useless of one useless war after 100 (laughs) years of several right and i think so like when biden is like kind of pro-labor i think that's the direction he's coming from i think he's coming from the like america made america strong and like in a nationalist sort of framework like bare minimum we need to have like america made or like whatever but yeah no and i I think that there's like a good sort of comparison to look at too because if you see um the way that we try to depict national identities it's a lot easier to poke a hole in that like why should we be against cuba like they're doing a lot with what they have like to say just even have a pandemic response like you know we get news like oh yeah they're like curing cancer over there they're fucking awesome they send doctors all over the world but and that's and that's sort of like the the really good example of how to defeat these uh narratives it's like you can't just be an individual atomized actor that goes in and does property damage and like has a manifesto or something because all of that gets so easily picked apart. But when you're participating in a culture that is like striving outside of being locked into whatever the like uh, empire is, is trying to get you to engage in, then you're like, it's like, you know, Cuba's over there like, oh, what do you want, America? Like, fuck off. We're like doing amazing, making all these doctors and stuff. Like, you want something? What do you want? And they were like, we want you to fight us. Fight us. Come on. And then we look like assholes, like, yeah. obviously. But if it's like, you know, just but then, but then you look at um, like, oh, of course, if you look at Fidel Castro as like one figure, you can tear him apart easily. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, but 
even that, like even like the huge copious amounts of like negative press that they've always tried to put on Castro, there's always been like a, a pretty sizable counterculture trend that is very pro Castro and pro Cuba that, right. you know, uh, they've never been able to fully squash. Um, and you know, uh, you know they still got Guantanamo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fox News was uh, Fox News was blurring out the protest uh, <laughs> signs. They're showing the protest and blurring out all the signs. Oh, my God, it said <laughs> nice. like "Long Live the Cuban Revolution." Uh, yeah, it's really funny. Like the pictures they that they show, like that have like run the gamut of like this isn't even in Cuba to like yeah. this is actually a pro government. <laughs> <laughs> uh get together and like it's like you know shit like this is why people don't trust the media for shit about the like the vaccines or shit like you know this is like it's like you play these games like it's it's not just gonna be for you know uh international relations it's gonna be for public health it's gonna be for yeah. like all the things we need information to like, be accurate uh, for reliable reliably lying to the their audience every single day no but when there's a crisis they say they need your help so they mean it <laughs> need to save journalism the truest of all causes yeah uh, <laughs> uh, so give the new york times money don't just use archive.org to read everything for free or outline.com <laughs> yeah or outline.com <laughs> um the new york times is really hurting they really need your support. God. Do not give any, I've said this before, do not give any of these outlets a fucking dime. If any of you listening right now are giving any of these like liberal outlets, The Nation, The New York Times, whatever it fucking is, DM me. I will find a way for you to get it for free and then you can subscribe to the Art and Labor Patreon instead. Yes, don't do for the Brazilian and ones And it's totally too. legal. <laughs> oh, and Vin Vinny says not the Brazilian ones either. Yeah, because uh, actually they do the, all the speeches here too, but they've, we just had a case where like Folha de São Paulo, which is one of the biggest ones, they did like this whole report on how a bunch of vaccines here had been applied on people after the expiration date. Like, and they had like a list of all the cities and like basically creating panic. And then what it turns out is, you know, Brazilian uh, IT is not very good. And a lot of the data was in, uh, inserted after the actual application date. And oh. so it made it, and if you looked at the data, it was like, you know, this city had no vaccines like for an entire month. And then one day they did like a million vaccines. So it's, of course, the data has been it's incorrect. And then they afterwards they just said no we're doing real journalism like like this is like still a problem they wouldn't they just kept doubling down that like the insertion date being wrong meant that it could be a real hazard oh. in a place where people are like going to lines and saying oh uh, is it the Pfizer vaccine because if not I'm not gonna take it uh, you know I don't want the Oxford one I want the real good one that I can take for a vacation oh, man. so you know it's just a mess. Yeah, so that's like what's happening in Brazil is like they're they're getting they're getting other vaccines. You're saying like, but yeah, now that the Janssen one is here, like people want the Janssen one because then it's just one shot. Before like you know the Pfizer one took a while to come here, so we mostly had the Oxford one, which is like twenty percent less effective or something like that. So people were like going to like oh like it's the day for people sixty and above, and they would go oh is the Pfizer one, and then the doctor would say no. They would they just oh I didn't don't want it, and they would go home. 
Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it's part of it is like here, um, the, the Johnson and Johnson they're saying is they've always said is like, is less effective. Um, but that's the one where they're saying like Johnson and Johnson people might need a Pfizer booster and it's got like everybody, like all the rich people who got Johnson and Johnson are all freaked out and trying to get like doctor's <laughs> notes to get like a, a Pfizer booster and shit. <sighs> Just a and then there's this Delta stuff, and I'm like, oh, I actually want information on how much to worry about variants and stuff, and there's none. It's like, what am I? I don't know. No, it's well, just, it, it's, no, it's so much. Basically, like, the Delta variant still is covered by the vaccines. Like, everyone is just, um, wait, like, if you get a vaccine, you're, and, you know, there's a Delta variant, you still are going to be immune. You have the potential to get a bad cold. Mm -hmm. uh, either way, if you get any COVID in you, you could get a cold. It's less likely that you would transmit anything. We did all this research before I came here. <laughs> <laughs> before you came to Brazil, right? Yeah, yeah, but basically, yeah, if you have the vaccine, you're all right. But it sucks because people, like, the the panic is that people are not getting the vaccine. Right, yeah. That, that's and, the, yeah. yeah. You, 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 also, have, you have to hit herd immunity if because we're not hitting herd immunity and the problem with like one of the problems with not hitting herd immunity is that we're it's more likely to cause more mutations oh yeah yeah that makes sense yeah especially if like i mean it was a big problem that the us and europe were you no know, getting all the vaccines for themselves because you know it doesn't mean shit if your entire country is like vaccinated while like Brazil, India, and other places are creating these new variants that are not going to be covered by the vaccine. So it might just be all for nothing if you're not lucky enough. No, it's true. Like we, we've been talking about this on Art and Labor for a really long time, like before the vaccines were developed. If, if you go back and listen to some of those episodes, we literally say like, it's called pandemic. And like, you, that means you have to cover, like it's not just herd immunity for your country because we are a uh you know global like economy that we're all linked together so it's like it's not gonna matter if, <laughs> if unless yeah. everybody has it it's Ugh. so insane <laughs> thinking globally <is> stupid <laughs> yeah so but bad. that's a there's like a whole thing about i mean it is it is as obvious to everybody i guess that it's like a genocide <laughs> right it yeah. is just genocide yeah it is. And they know it. And like, if you look at people like Tucker Carlson refusing to say to his audience that he's been vaccinated, his wife's been vaccinated, you know, like his, his family's vaccinated, but he refuses to say that in interviews or on the air because he hates <laughs> these people who watch. Yeah, it. his mm -hmm. audience is all anti-vaxxers. He would have to go and lose his entire show. Yeah, and he doesn't care if they die. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit if anybody lives or dies, you know? <laughs> like, but he would, he, oh my God, could you imagine though if someone was accusing him and then he would do his little eyebrow thing <laughs> where he looks like a Labrador retriever who's like being told that he like, um, like he ate the wrong treats or something? <laughs> like, what? Me? Uh, I'm sorry. This is just liberal deceit. <laughs> 
Oh, They're lying to you. A Labrador retriever, but even dumber somehow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's and it's. I feel like that Labrador retriever. I always hear like, oh, 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 like he's he's just <laughs> grasping, trying to like, you know, mime being so offended. <laughs> oh, what a fucking freak that freak show that guy is. I've, okay, I feel bad. We we're up, we're at an hour. Um, I, I wanted to, I forgot to ask you before, are, are you planning on seeing any art in particular while you're over there, Lucia? Or, oh. or, the, or the beach, I forgot to ask about. Yeah, actually, uh, we just, we had a little art day yesterday. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, wait, Vinny, what's the place called? Uh, we went to the Casa de Cultura Mario Quintana, which is like a... It's a gallery and also there are art classes. It's like in honor for Mario Quintana, which is a writer, journalist, and poet from Porto Alegre, the city we're in. So there's like oh. a, some recreation of his rooms and there's like a bunch of his writings. But it's also like just, it's one of the hubs for culture here. Like we saw, they have like uh, the archives, there's libraries, and there were some expositions still. Like the museums have been on and off open here uh but right now like you can get limited showings that one is good because it has a lot of ventilation so we're like it's okay because most most museums here try to be fancy like they're mostly bank ones because they do that for tax interests right. so they're all ac units and you know like cool lighting but that one is just like this really cool house uh like five stories with a bunch of windows so that's one's like a nice so the writer is he cool is he chill or is he a colonizer? Yeah, honestly? yeah, no, he's cool. Like surprisingly so. Like in Brazil, the f like if you go like uh, the further you go back, the more chance there is like that the artist is at least decent. Especially because you know we had the dictatorship and all those things. So there's also like there's a room dedicated uh, in the in the house for Elise Regina, which is one of the biggest voices of Bossa Nova. And she was like very vocal against mm. the dictatorship. She had to like, like most artists, like escape the country and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, Quintana, I'm like, I'm not going to say I don't know all, all of his work, but he was, uh, he was okay. Like not, he's not like a, you know, full on Che Guevara, but He's okay. Oh, no. I'm just, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you know, with a like aristocratic type people, I feel like it can go either way. Yeah. Um, sometimes they're chill. <laughs> but the but the nice thing um, about the experience of going to this place was that you just walk in and the building is dedicated to so many different kinds of activities. It was sort of like an ideal. Um, like like how we talk about a museum could be. Right. It's a com it's a community yeah. center. There's a place for kids to do activities. There's a garden there. There's all these galleries. There's just like also just a place for you know you can have some understanding of like this literary movement. Then there's this uh, um like here's something about the history of music. Here you know there's a little bit of everything, and the whole building is just absolutely gorgeous. Like. Yeah, I don't know. It needs it definitely needs to be better respected and you know funded and like could use more resources. But it's like one of the ideals that we've always been like, whoa, what if we had this? That sounds great. We'll have to link it in the show notes, so you guys will have to send it to me. But sounds good. Yeah, 
Sorry. Uh, sounds good to send the link. Sorry. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I, oh yeah. Are you going to see any like public art or go to the beach, outdoor stuff? Oh, yeah, we've been, yeah, I mean, we've been trying to have more park days. Oh, we also went to the military museum because there's a, there's a huge military culture here. And I, I don't know, I was stoked because yeah. there's this huge building and you walk in and there's like, there's like a Sherman tank and a tiger tank. And there's all these like, there's, there's like all these ballistics and, um, yeah, it's crazy, but um, apparently there, there's not really. It's it's more like, look at the idea of the military, but we don't really use any of this stuff. <laughs> What's like like the there's a Smith like this this what is the Smithsonian one the DC one? Oh like, yeah, like, yeah, I've been I've been there. It's I'm a little. Yeah, it's it's sort of um, it's funny because, you know, the Smithsonian is one of these like national museums, but you go and maybe it sort of seems more like the Met or something. But this is mm. this is like you just walk into this one building and all these tanks are inside. <laughs> <laughs> like a warehouse of tanks. Or no, no, it's like a it's pretty. It's oh. like a really pretty. I was like, wow, what's this building? Oh, my God. It's got all it's like white with all these little red details. And then you see like the the details are wrought iron and it's like this um all these building designs are made out of spears and then um yeah and then you go in and it's just like having a nice time looking at tanks and then you go down the street and it's like there's a there's like a barracks and like there's just there's just uh and then there's like in another part because we've been walking around downtown Porto Alegre and there's like the um the there's also like a military uh little like a uh college mm. and 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 they they all have I, I'm always like wow what building is that because it's like always topped with some kind of a beautiful sculpture right yeah, there's it. always like there's like stars shooting out of it and like gold and also a sculpture and also there's all these designs on the windows and the doorway is beautiful. And I was like, wow, what is that? Like, oh, it's another military building. Oh my god. Well, if you have any pictures of that, send it our way. That sounds like a fun podcast image or whatever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um yeah, any any other like plugs or anything upcoming people want to talk about before we end oh yeah like we're gonna see the uh another museum like the Iberia Camargo one which is another uh artist from here which might be interesting to link uh it's like has an architecture yeah. very similar to the Guggenheim mm. it was done by like a Portuguese dude here and it's also another another place where it's like very multi uh like very, very different aven uh, avenues of activities. Like yeah. there is a cinema, there's uh, there's stuff for kids, and then there's like a bunch of stuff from the dude that that is named the building is named after, but also like current uh, expositions. And it's just like it's a really pretty uh, building with like a view to the bay. Like I, I can send a link for that too. Yeah, totally should. I mean, yeah, that when when we're talking about these like kind of multi-purpose museum stuff I, I keep thinking about like the MoMA because they had this like you know education floor and they they have a, a movie screenings but it's like it's so different because like for one thing they cut all their educators during the pandemic but 
you know, on, on top of their, because of their location, it's just like, it's only serving rich people. Like, and, and like, it's like, they'll take like school trips sometimes, but it's like, it's not actually in like communities where regular people live, you know, <laughs> that's like an issue. I feel like, um, that yeah like, yeah I don't and know. they would never they would never be like hosting the community anarchist meetings no. <laughs> yeah. uh, they never bring snacks <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's huge that's huge you know um, oh sh- can we link um oh we should link a recipe to cheesy bread <laughs> okay i'll i'll do that I'll bring some when I visit. Oh, that would, that'd be awesome to try on snack on the snack cast. Um, oh yeah, it's like a, a Brazilian style cheese bread. Yeah, with uh, with cassava flour. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's cassava flour, uh, and also like it's a type of cheese that's done in a state here. It's like a half cured mm. type of cheese. Is so it, it has it like a, a rock? Uh, like a. Uh, sure. Like a golf ball size rock. Yeah. yeah. I've had, I've had stuff. I don't know if there were Brazilian or other country versions of that, but th- that stuff is good. <laughs> um, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we just have recipes and museums to link to. <laughs> it just some, sounds lovely. Oh, I yeah, have some sorry. snack news besides the burning my tongue off with the, the powder that I buy <laughs> on the internet of vinegar. Um, <laughs> when I was uh, traveling, in there stopped at this place in where is it dc virginia wherever those that place where it's both of those things and i i I never i always do this is so boring i only do black coffee but for some reason it's like this they had so many vegan options so i was like oh i'll try this like salted i like cold brew with some whipped cream and it was so good and i've (laughs) never thought that like any sort of like dairy substitute or dairy and coffee and I've been thinking about it so much. And right before the, before the w- recording, I, I tried to replicate it and I succeeded um, with some <laughs> coconut whipped cream and you bet chocolate syrup. Great job, dude. That's awesome. Thank you for indulging me. Ass. Um, yeah, that rocks. Link the recipe. <laughs> so good. Dude, I'm going to be a barista again uh, in August. Woo! What? Um only on Mondays. I'm going to be working at Topos only on Mondays. So. Oh, dope. <laughs> but I have to learn how to barista again because I forgot. <laughs> I'm going to come bug you. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> don't you love, like, I loved working at the vintage store only because I would just make everyone come. <laughs> <laughs> Visiting people at work rules. That's the best part. <laughs> um, I guess that's my only plug i i forget oh i i want to do a screening of winter begonia tomorrow we'll see how, i'm gonna try to figure something out but i don't know we'll see it's um it's a chinese drama set in the in like 1936 that's like really fucking good Ooh. Wow, cool <laughs> yeah i'm gonna uh, plug that 1971 documentary available in canopy uh, which i know very the, cultured and white the the and white PL and nipple and canopy didn't they broke can it. I can I plug a game yeah okay so uh, when we were talking about the climate uh, crisis stuff it reminded me of a game uh, I stumbled upon I did some writing on 
how games the industry interacts with climate change. But there's this game called Likenia, which is kind of like a SimCity take on a climate collapse uh, done by this dude called uh, Paolo Pedersini. Like it uh, left this dude that does a lot of like games criticism uh, oh, yeah. sort of games. Yeah, he's yeah, moleindustria.org. Uh, and it's a really yeah. cool game because it's it has a different take. Because most games, when they do cap uh, climate stuff, it's usually like the Doom stuff or like Save the Planet or like the, oh, we can do this together if we just love each other sort of stuff. And this one is very interesting because it's a rare take, especially for games where you're like, okay, so we fucked up. How can we rebuild? And it's very much like a deconstruction of the SimCity sort of game and all the mechanics and like, Oh, how do you make a city that's sustainable? Like some stuff is gonna fall off when there is like too too many floods or like an earthquake. But you know, we'll try to work around that. And it's like a very like it's so much stuff you're gonna play for hours. But like if you play for twenty minutes, it will make you think about stuff in a cool way. Oh yeah, and I that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. I play I played two years ago and I still think about it. So I think that's it's a good pitch. But yeah, please post it. I mean, I yeah. Sarah, who couldn't be here today, I, I think probably already knows about that and has maybe played it. <laughs> um, but I, she would fucking love that. A, a writer I really like, his name on Twitter is Kevin Rogan. He's a, an interesting, like, uh, Marxist architecture writer type guy. He's making, like, a Myst-style game about, like, socialism that I think will Ooh. probably be really interesting because he's he's a very compelling writer. Uh and and tweeter he's very good at twitter <laughs> in in not an annoying way in like a like oh it's a, it's a dying uh, art yeah it's a dying art in like in a it's a dying art way yeah for sure <laughs> um cool well it was really nice to catch up with everybody it's been a while it's harder to do stuff in the summer because there's so much stuff to, to do huh yeah <laughs> it's also yeah. like quasi IRL now like mm -hmm. I don't know what's IRL or digital anymore it's like yeah this weird transition always having to double check like <laughs> like where am I supposed to where, where am I going <laughs> where am I? oh I'm staying home okay <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is strange um yeah like meetings with the group I'm in is often like that it's like is it virtual or are we meeting what is happening <laughs> um but yeah this was a good virtual episode we haven't done one of these in a while but i i think it, this one <laughs> this one was great so i uh, loved catching up with everybody oh I, i'll stop the recording okay everyone goodbye we love you uh, yeah let's well, have fun it was so let's nice thanks for having me lots of fun let's have fun let's have fun let's have fun lots of fun <laughs>